Welcome to today's edition of Beat to the Fire, where we're always challenging the status quo. For more cutting-edge commentary, go to feettothefire.org. That is feet, the number two, thefire.org. And now your host. The Conservative Mind, Part 8. Good morning, folks, and welcome to Feet to the Fire. This is your host, Sergio Fassa. And I'm still getting good feedback on our Conservative Mind series. So I want to continue with that. And as I've said, I think it's just going to be a running theme uh, permanently. What we're always going to address this in this show is how to think with the Conservative Mind, regardless of what we're talking about. Developing that correct ideology. And as I continue with that discussion, I'm not going to start with, I'm not going to start with Mediate headline that says Trump holds gargantuan 30-point lead over DeSantis. I'm, I'm not going to start with that. And a 61-point lead against Nikki Haley in a new Emerson College poll that shows Trump almost doubling DeSantis. All right, obviously I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek here for theatrics. Mediaite is not a conservative website. Uh, it leans liberal, if not very liberal. Emerson College is a reputable poll. Washington Examiner is reporting the same thing. Only Trump beats Biden from the Emerson poll. DeSantis and Haley would lose. Former President Donald Trump continues to maintain a two-to-one polling lead over chief rival Re Governor Ron DeSantis and is the only Republican who would beat President Joe Biden, according to a new national poll released on Tuesday morning. Uh, in the Emerson College survey, Trump would topple Biden if the election were held right now, 46 to 42 percent, which is just outside the margin of error of 2.9 percent. And I'm not I'm not a poll guy anyway. But the polls are always weaponized against us by the rhinos and the establishment saying, look, no one likes Trump anymore. It's the same, guys, it's the same story. I keep telling you that. The conservative mind, put aside Trump for a second. The conservative mind can read the media narrative over decades and generations. This is what, this is what they told us about Bush. And Bush wasn't, even a, Bush wasn't even a conservative. They hate him. Everybody hates Bush. He's a warmonger. No weapons of mass destruction. They drove his poll numbers down. He's unpopular. He's dumb. Tea Party revolution. Nobody, Tea Party, we're embarrassed of the Tea Party. They make Republicans and conservatives look like uh, toothless, backwards people from, from podunk poor towns where everybody marries their cousin. They're embarrassed of the Tea Party. That's how they portrayed the Tea Party. The Tea Party, all them deliverance types looking for uh, UFOs and aliens in their backyard. Just clinging to their guns and their Bibles. I, this is what they... That, that wasn't the Tea Party. That wasn't the Tea Party at all. The Tea Party was a very serious, informed, grassroots conservative movement that overwhelmed the electorate in 2010 and swept away liberal power in 2010, took control in Congress with massive gains. Revolutionary election. Even Obama had to say in 2010 we got shellacked. MAGA comes around. Trump comes around. Put aside the name for a second, Trump. I'm talking about the ideology and the movement. All they ever do is tell us that 
our conservative positions, especially especially pro-life, is embarrassing. It's a losing proposition. We lose in the polls. We're not popular with the moderates and the middle of the road and the centrist, the independents. We lose the independents when we're too extreme. And so I'm just answering that back. I'm not a poll guy, but if they're going to weaponize polls against us, we're going to use their own tactics against them and say, hey, in your own polls, <laughs> Trump is still kicking butt. And I, I, I've said that. I hate to say I've said that, but I've said that. And it, I, I, maybe we'll do it tomorrow because I want to get over to a conservative mind stuff. But uh, there is a video of, who is it? This is from, um, I don't know, the website written here. Uh, it might be conservative. I think it's conservative treehouse. I'll have to check. There's a video of uh, Brian Kilmeade going down to a diner in Florida, doing a you know just a random uh, discussion. You know they they go into diners and they interview people and do their show from a diner. They're they're with Middle America and he's going from person to person with his microphone, saying, "Who are you going to vote for, Republicans in 2024?" It's a Republican crowd, and he can't find a DeSantis supporter. One after the other says Trump, and this is in Florida, guys. This is what I told you. DeSantis won because before they were DeSantis voters, they were Trump voters. DeSantis won in a MAGA Trump wave. He Brian Kilmeade and. Fox News, which is sold out for DeSantis anti-Trump, which should make you concerned about DeSantis, by the way. Can't find a, tr a DeSantis voter. There's even a lady wearing a DeSantis shirt, the last person he walks up to, last-ditch effort. Well, who, who would you support? And she goes, uh, Trump and DeSantis, middle of the road, 50-50. A, a lady wearing a DeSantis shirt won't even say she's anti-Trump, she's pro-DeSantis, she's still great with Trump. I mean, it's... It's so apparent because it doesn't have to do with the last name. It has to do with principled conservative leadership. Uh, it has to do with a conservative platform. It has to do with uh, a track record. And it has to do with the movement that Trump represents. And it has not gone away. Anyway, let's, let's go back to our conservative mind. Discussion. So there's another book, I don't have it with me, but it serves our interests just to mention, and I've heard this guy's name referenced in the Academy frequently enough, Michael Goheen. And uh, I read his text from my missiology class, and it was more of the same stuff I've been telling you on all these shows about uh, these academics doing theology books, and all of a sudden it turns into this anti-Western claptrap you know, the gospel doesn't just critique Marxism, it critiques Western civ and capitalism and democracy and individualism as well. Everything's got to be criticized by, uh, by the gospel. Uh, you know, uh, equal uh, moral equivalency. Uh, we can't be ethnocentrists, all this uh, nonsense that we've talked about. Um, and as I said, it's stunning. These guys are obsessed with it. These theology books just always take this detour into politics. And, and I didn't really answer that yesterday. Why is that happening? I think because, because they've gotten caught up in the progressive mindset that there, there, aren't abs, there aren't cultural and political absolutes informed by scripture and God's law. And so uh, it's chic and trendy and uh, modern and uh, and sophisticated to uh, say that all cultures are equal and we don't want to um, 
We don't want to force our system or put forward our culture, our political system, our civilization, Western Civ, as the superior model. You know, we're, uh, we're equal with everybody. I, I just think that's what it is. It's, a, it's, it's not a conservative mind. It's a very liberalized way of thinking. So this guy, Michael Goheen, wrote this missiology book. And, uh, and then I've seen his name referenced by others in other texts. So he must be, one, you know, some of these academics, they, they run in those circles and get cited by one another. Um, and he's Canadian. So that should have been the first tip off uh, that maybe he's not going to be the most conservative guy. Um, with what you see going on in Canada, but uh, a Christian writer and uh, his whole thing in this missiology book, I don't even need to read excerpts. I, I remember highlighting and marking places all over the place, sending pictures to friends, but his whole thing is contextual, con cultural contextualization of the gospel, uh, that we can't bring the gospel. Now, this is him speaking, suggesting this is his thesis, allegedly in the, um, in the garb, in the garments, in the clothing of a Western culture of white civilization. They're obsessed with race, too. These, these so-called conservative, but not faux conservative scholars, even in the Christian Academy, um, they're obsessed with race. So we have to change the God. We have to, okay, he would not say, I don't want to put words in his mouth. He would not say we have to change the gospel. We have to represent, represent the gospel in a, a different uh, garments to fit it into a cultural context where we are going, not a Western context. And I, it's a simple enough observation that when you go to another culture, um, you want to accommodate that culture, you know, food, language, obviously. Um, you're not going to go be a missionary in a country that doesn't speak English and keep preaching in English. You learn the language, you eat their food. Uh, Hudson Taylor was famous for doing that in China. But you don't change the gospel, not that, not that they're saying that, but what you don't do is function with this faulty premise that the gospel has been westernized. That's my issue. Is church the way we do church? And is the gospel, gospel ministry, and is even broadly, more, more broadly speaking, lawful civilization as we see it, covenant lawful situation like we have in America, is that white and western? And the, the liberally minded person says, yeah, it's all a social construction. We've... we've uh, our, our version of church and the gospel is a social construction, and we've, we've, as I've said, we've put on the trappings of Westernism, if you can use that word, and whiteism. I'm, these are words I'm making up to, to explain their ideology. We've covered the gospel uh, with these accoutrements, these trappings, and we have to shed that. But as I've said numerous times here, it's very racist, it's very... Uh, low-level, shallow thinking to suggest that law and order and uh, biblical principles like covenant government, like the free market, these things are white? So other civilizations can't participate in the market and in a lawful civilization? Socialism's equally viable because the gospel criticizes both? And they even go after this, and Michael Goheen's book even goes after individual conversion. The concept of individual conversion, he suggests, is, is a Western idea. So individualism is Western, the, the value of the individual. And he suggests we need to consider community conversion. These are more uh, family-oriented, uh, village-oriented, community-oriented societies, which is fine, so we should go after community conversion. What does that mean? 
So you, so it, you, you should dissolve the individual? I don't know what community conversion means. And furthermore, why, can, why, why is there not value for the individual in other cultures? In fact, I would suggest that all these principles, as I've said, emanate from the gospel. Gospel brings out the individual because it calls for individual accountability before God. So individualism is not Western. Freedom, law and order, covenant government, property rights, these things aren't Western. These things are results of the gospel being preached and transforming a civilization, and it's open to all civilizations. But we're being told this fluff that we've whitewashed the gospel with Western culture, and that is to the detriment of other cultures who should have access through the gospel to the blessings of liberty. And the conservative mind also repudiates this type of compromise. And I got into trouble with... Not into trouble, but one of the reasons when I was talking to that friend that I've been referring over these last eight episodes, and I was thinking, you're not exactly that conservative, because I went after Al Mohler for appointing woke professors at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, which everybody knows it's, it's been in the news in the evangelical subculture, not on Fox News, in the evangelical subculture. I was wondering why Al Mohler has hired these woke professors. And, and you see many famous conservative preachers running to microphones to denounce Trump, Piper, Tim Keller, to an extent, I think. It's always innuendo. And my point on bringing that all up is this is compromise. This is giving up the ground, not standing on your sure footing and saying, I don't care uh, what criticism, pretense of criticism the culture brings against Trump. He's been the most pivotal conservative voice and political leader by his track record in the last, let's see, 88, 2000. 18, over 30 years since Reagan left office. And I'm not going to let the culture tell me who my candidate should be. And just because they don't like his style, I'm not going to go ahead and run and apologize for him. It's a compromise. I repudiate compromise. That's my problem with guys like Al Mohler. When on the briefing, I still have friends telling me, oh, I listen to the briefing. That's fine. Listen to the briefing. But he said emphatically, and the friend I was talking to didn't believe me, that climate change is real. It's, it's foregone conclusion. To my response response to that is, no, that's not a conservative mind. And this person kept saying to me, what context did he say it? It, Context doesn't matter when you have an underlying presupposition suggesting that climate change is somehow legitimate science. It's not. Let justice roll down like waters, American righteousness, like an ever-flowing stream. Don't believe the hype out there. The conservative mind does not compromise, and the conservative mind does not apologize for Western civilization, and the conservative mind does not suggest that the blessings flowing out of the gospel, like freedom and liberty, are somehow white or Western. They're available to all people, and so we preach the gospel unchanged, unvarnished. We do church the way church was always done, and unleash God's blessings and freedom through the gospel to any place where we take it. See you tomorrow.